Welcome to the Splat Zones. We are a monthly video cast slash podcast dedicated to bringing you the best Nintendo-related topics. I am your host, Nice1983. And I'm your co-host, Mario After Party. And guys, we are back. It's post E3, and we're here to talk about some Pokemon Sun and Moon. But before we get into all of that, I gotta say that uh, we've been doing so many of these mini Pokemon Sun and Moon episodes. We're just gonna go ahead and rebrand them they are no longer going to be called pokemon bonus mini episodes or whatever crappy name we've been tossing out we're giving them an official title so from here on out all future pokemon sun and moon or pokemon go episodes are going to be called the pokemon corner this is an homage to nintendo power magazine which used to run a small segment on pokemon every month and it was called the pokemon corner so we just want to keep that tradition up so we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today uh we're going to start with a little bit of non-Pokemon related news. Mario After Party, let the people know what you're bringing to the table today. So we're going to be talking to you about the Splatoon update, patch 2.9.0 that was released. Um, this is probably the last patch we're going to get. And it's always interesting to talk about how Nintendo um, continues to update this game, how it's going to affect the meta. This patch in particular... Um, wasn't really a big one. It's not going to affect too many things. It's mostly to um, support compatibility with the Cali and Marie Amiibos that will be coming out soon, and we're all looking forward to that, um, especially since that is the theme of the last Splatfest ever, at least for Splatoon for the Wii U, which, um, you know, are you going to be on Team Cali or Team Marie? Which one is the green one? That would be Marie, I believe. I'm going with Tim Cali. <laughs> Three for Luther. Yeah, Cali is actually, you know, the better looking squid girl. So I like her style. She's got a little bit more swag in, in my opinion. So I'm going with Cali. Uh on a side note, we also got confirmed news that the the Amiibo three pack that's coming out, which is this is a little upsetting. I was hoping that the, the re-releasing of the Squid Voice, Squid Girl, and the you know, the 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 squid in their variant color schemes would be different, but they're actually just going to go ahead and be the they're just gonna unlock the same stuff. They're not changing anything. No additional mini games come with you know the with the three pack. That being said, I need to have a brown squid boy in my home. So I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to rebuy the three-pack. It's just annoying that it's not going to bring anything new to the table. Um, to go further with the Callie and Marie, Mario Maker is also being updated uh, with with Callie and Marie Amiibo support. So you're going to be able to play as Callie in Mario Maker and Marie in Mario Maker. So that's pretty cool. So I do like that. Uh, it's going to be cool. And, you know, with, with this being the last Splatfest coming up, it's kind of like the end of an era. It's kind of like the, you know, the end of, like, true support for Splatoon. You know, it's, which is kind of a shame, but at least, you know, they did support the game for over a year. I mean, the game came out in May, on May 29th of 2015. We're recording today on the 4th of July, 2016. So... You know, the game got plenty of support, and most of it was free. You know, well, it, all the DLC was free. You know, the, the Amiibos definitely weren't free, but some cool support there, though. I mean... Right, and the the good thing about this, this Splatfest is that it's actually going to run for 48 hours. Um, it starts on 
July 22nd at uh, 2 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, it's going to run to 2 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. Uh, the reason for that is because it's taking place simultaneously all around the world. Uh, although that said, we are going to be matched up with players in Europe. So Japan is going to be kind of isolated in their matchups while we will be matched up with only players from North America and Europe. One of the new features of this Splatfest, though, which I find really interesting, is that after it's over, the top 100 players will also be tallied and announced. And I believe it's going to be separate for Japan and North America and Europe. Um, the way that it's described on the, the Nintendo website is it, it seems that it's going to be the top 100 in each region's um, but, you know, we'll know for sure after it's all over, but it's, it's nice because it gives you a little bit, something extra to play for, you know, if you get to be one of those people that are announced as, as one of the top 100 players. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then getting into the patch itself, the patch, uh, didn't really fix a whole lot, uh, this time it, it mostly just updated, um, the only stage that it updated was Anchovy Games, where it fixed an issue in Rainmaker mode. Um, there was a few bugs that it adjusted in multiplayer mode, where players performing a super jump while swimming through ink to appear to be sliding long distances to opponents. And then it fixed an, in an issue with uh, the ink mine placement, where it was occasionally visible to opponents, even if they didn't have the bomb sniffer gear on. Um, but the most interesting part of this, of this patch is the adjustments that it made for the weapons and special weapons. Now, the only weapons that were actually uh, adjusted were the, were the rollers, specifically the dynamo rollers. The dynamo roller itself um, had its um, kill box shrunk by 18% so that um, it's harder to get a one-hit kill with oh, it. Thank God. Thank God, dude. Okay, guys, just for just to let y'all in on something, when we play Splatoon and Mario After Party and I, we play a lot of rank mode together, and we refer to Dynamo Rollers as bitch rollers because y'all be bitches when you use Dynamo Rollers. Yeah, I mean, there have been, there have been some moments on Splatoon where uh, I, I don't think the Dynamo Roller is OP, but there, <laughs> there are some moments where you can get a lot of cheap kills with it, and especially when you consider that the dynamo roller has the range of like a sniper rifle, it is frustrating when someone, you know, flicks ink halfway across the stage and kills you. And you're like, what the hell? Oh man. Uh, splat zones on camp Triggerfish cannot stand dynamo rollers on that stage. But the, uh, the actual hitbox overall isn't being shrunk. It's just the, the kill zone, hitbox within the overall hitbox so it's just going to be harder to get a one hit kill with the dynamo roller and then the tempered dynamo roller was also nerfed making it slower to um recover after flicking ink um the golden dynamo dynamo roller was was buffed but only um in the damage that it deals to the rainmaker shield so it doesn't actually affect how it's going to um affect the the opposing team as far as killing other players or 
or anything. It's just going to do a little bit extra damage to the Rainmaker shield. But overall, I feel like the nerfs are pretty good. Uh, the Dynamo Roller, uh, they can be a little bit frustrating when they get some cheap kills. The hitbox was a little bit too big for that. Yeah. Uh, what they, they nerfed some special weapons as well, which I don't really think that the Kraken needed to be nerfed, but they reduced the the duration of it from six seconds to five seconds now. Which is bull, bull, bull. Because they've already nerfed the Kraken in this game. Um, but they nerfed the Bubbler as well from roughly a five-second duration to 4.5 seconds. Now, to counteract this, Nintendo increased the strength of the special duration gear from 40% to 60%. So, um, And I don't know if it's 40% to 60% on um, everything, it might just be forty to sixty percent on these, uh, on the bubbler and the kraken. I, that wasn't really um, made clear in the update, but basically what that means is if you put a, a special, just one main for the uh, special duration, um, it will basically revert the the times to the times that they were pre-update. So the kraken will still last six seconds if you have one of those as your main. Yeah, this bothers me. I'm not. I'm gonna tell you why. Because with the last major update, you know they they nerfed the uh, the special uh, when you die. They like they they basically made it so that if you use the, the roller, you lose sixty percent of your of your your special weapon uh, buildup. So I actually had to start using gear that when I died. I would I would you know only lose a portion of my special instead of that. So now I have to change my gear again to incorporate this because Kraken is my special and you know right because you like the Kraken roller. Oh man, I love that. I love I love it. It's an up close and personal weapon. It it's one of those weapons that it's like satisfying when you kill somebody because you got to be real close to use the Kraken roller. Yeah, I don't know if the bubbler needed to be nerfed either but um it only got shaved off by half a second so i don't know how significant that will be i mean it's it's enough time to be significant when you're in a rank battle and even a half a second counts for for you know sometimes winning and losing but we'll see those were those were the main updates for splatoon um uh, before we get off, of, before we get off of Splatoon, uh, we gotta want to throw out there that we can actually vote on the Splatfest stages this time around. So, right, that's I was just gonna get to that. If if uh, you subscribe or you have a Nintendo account, um, they should have sent you an email which allows you to vote on the stages. If not, just go to the Nintendo website, but you can vote on any one of the stages. And, of course, the three stages with the most votes will be the stages that we will play with uh, for Splatfest. Uh, the stage that I voted for was the Bluefin Depot. That's the one with the two giant, the two big zones, right? Yeah, it's the two big zones with the, the bridge in the middle. I also voted for that stage because... That's one of my favorite stages. It's, it's a good stage. It's actually one of my favorite stages. Plus, in a, in a, in a turf war... You know, he who controls the top zone pretty much controls the game. Um, it's 
Well, that I think you're thinking of salt spray rig. Oh, you know what? Then I I'm, I'm, I disagree. I voted for salt spray rig. Okay, salt spray rig is also another good stage. Yeah, I definitely in salt spray rig. If you control that top zone, you are going to win the game. I, I voted for the one where it has the the two equal zones on on the the side where you can jump down from the you know the the walls. Oh yeah, I love that stage, especially on a uh, on splat zones because it's just that one big zone. Yeah, I like that stage too. So that's what I voted for. But there's so many great stages that I'm sure whatever stages are chosen, it's going to be a good final splat fest. As long as I'm not on Piranha Pit, I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not the biggest fan of Piranha Pit either. Not that there are many stages uh, that I really don't like in the game, but uh, if I had to pick a least favorite stage, it probably would be Piranha Pit. Um, and it's not even a, a, that bad. It's just probably my least favorite of the, of all of them. Yeah, I would go with Salt. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm gonna my least favorite stage is Piranha Pit and Moray Towers. Moray Towers just because traveling can be slow and tedious on that stage. Yeah, that's why it's nice. It's it's good to have stealth jump sometimes. Oh, yeah. But that is all we have for these platoon updates. So let's move on to Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Guys, nine additional Pokemon shown in this last... Well, in the last trailer, we saw about seven. And if you check the website, we got a full set of nine. We got two additional Pokemon on the website. Very, very cool. Uh, it's kind of weird, though, like that they're showing Pokemon... They're, they're showing like a handful of Pokemon in trailers, and then they're showing you know, a, a few extras during the... Uh, during you know if you go ahead and check the website i find that that's odd they did the same thing during e3 where we saw a couple new pokemon but then when you check the website you saw the special forms for solgaleo and lunala uh where i just kind of wish they threw it all in one place uh because you know it makes it easier when we re when we record these episodes if it's all in one place uh instead of hey i just watched this trailer on youtube let me go ahead and check the website because we know that they're throwing they're throwing little hidden gems at us uh, so let's go ahead and start with the first Pokemon on the list. This one's cool to me. Uh, Tapu Koko. Uh, it's a land spirit Pokemon. The type is Electric Fairy. Uh, there's a running theme with this up um, with this last update. There are a lot more secondary fairy types. I want to go ahead and toss this out there. Thank you for going ahead and thank you Nintendo and Game Freak and the Pokemon Company for making more native fairy type Pokemon. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the retroactively making uh, Pokemon that we've had for years being fairies, like making Clefairy a fairy type after the fact. Yeah, it's fine, but, <clears throat> you know, they really touted, you know, fairy type as being like the new the new type of Pokemon, and then there just weren't very many native fairy type Pokemon. We were getting like secondary typing, so I'm glad to see more native fairy typing in this game. Right, and it looks like there will be some fairy-type Pokemon that are actually going to be good enough to put in your team because that was another problem with the last game is not only did they not have a lot of fairy-types in general, but uh, they the fairy-types that they did have in the game just weren't that great. Although I, I, I do love Sylveon. Sylveon is one of my favorite Pokemon. I love all of the Eevees, but I'm glad to see more fairy Pokemon being added in this game. Yeah, I 100% agree. 
All right, so Tapu Koko has the uh, hidden ability of, or special ability of the of Electric Surge. Here's Tapu Koko's description. Now this one's a little lengthy, guys, so just bear with us. Tapu Koko is a special Pokemon that protects the area where it lives. It's called the Guardian Deity of Mele Mele Island, one of the islands of the Alola region. Although it's known as a Guardian Deity, it's, surprisingly, it's a surprisingly fickle Pokemon and will not necessarily come to your aid if you need help. Despite that, this Pokemon has a strong sense of curiosity. If, be if it becomes interested in a person or another Pokemon, it may come to play or battle with them. Tapu Koko's ability is Electric Surge, an ability never before seen in a Pokemon. Electric Surge fills the field around the Pokemon's feet with electricity when it appears, raising the power of any Electric-type move for Pokemon on the ground and preventing any Pokemon from falling asleep. Tapu Koko can learn a new move called Nature's Madness, which slams into an opponent and reduces that Pokemon's HP, Pokemon HP by half. Tapu Koko can store up electricity by enclosing itself in the shells on its arms, and it also appears to enter this form during other special times. So Tapu Koko is pretty cool, man. Yes, and it's uh, it makes me wonder. They're saying it's the guardian deity of uh, Mele Mele Island, which is one of the islands of the Alola region, which makes me think that there might be other guardians for each island. And if that's so, that's um, a cool feature. I think it's also cool is that we finally got a name for one of the, the islands in the Alola region. You know, one of the islands in this archipelago that we've, you know, we're slowly starting to learn more and more about with each trailer. Uh, so Melee Melee Islands, definitely cool. Cool name. Uh, kind of gives me some smash, some smash thoughts when I read the word melee melee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next Pokemon that was unveiled is Bruxus. This thing is ugly. Uh, you want to read about uh, Bruxus, man? Bruxish emits a strong psychic power from the protuberance on its head. I don't know what a protuberance is, but I'm assuming it's the big butt plug. Like, yeah, the butt plug on its head. When its opponents are bathed in, in this power, they're stricken with terrible headaches and fall unconscious. As it emits its psychic power, it grinds its teeth loudly. When nearby Pokemon hear the sound of Bruxish's teeth gnashing, say that three times fast, they sense danger and flee immediately. In the Alola region, lifeguards let Bruxish remain in their area to prevent dangerous water-type Pokemon from gathering there. Bruxish digs holes in the seafloor, leaving just the protuberance on its head exposed while emitting a low level, psychic, uh, a low level of psychic power. This serves as a radar, so when it detects prey, it can leap to the attack. Bruxish can have the new ability Dazzling, which no other Pokemon has ever had. The Dazzling ability prevents opponents from using priority moves that normally strike first that is some craziness uh it says can have the new ability so i guess that means that not all of these bruxes can have it yeah it uh, a lot of pokemon in the game have more than one ability that they are innately born with and so bruxish you might be able to find bruxish with um, abilities other than dazzling if you're not a fan of of that ability although it sounds pretty pretty cool I think uh, being able to prevent opponents from using priority moves 
that strike first is definitely um, an advantage because there are some Pokemon that rely on those moves to gain a advantage in battle and kind of uh, be able to get a head start on you. So I think that's a pretty cool ability. I don't know if Bruxish is going to be um, actually viable to put in your team, but it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, that's something of note in this game. I've noticed that a lot of, you know, the 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 new abilities that that they've been unveiling for Pokemon Sun and Moon have been like really strong abilities. Uh, just look at these last two Pokemon. They've got amazing abilities. Uh, you know, going back to uh, Tapu Koko, the fact that it can reduce a Pokemon's po- a Pokemon's health or HP by half off a single attack. And that's a good way to start a battle, especially if it's a priority move. Yeah, I think you're right. This game has focused on, you know, not so much the the Pokemon themselves, but the abilities that they are giving these Pokemon. They're trying to find new abilities to um, definitely give you something extra to work with in your battles. And I think that's nice that Nintendo is also focusing on the battle element of Sun and Moon because they know that, you know, there's a lot more to to battles than just the Pokemon themselves. So now new abilities being played into the mix will definitely give you a lot of variety as to the strategies that you can come up with. Oh yeah, this this version of Pokemon is definitely a meta player's dream. If you if you're involved in the meta of Pokemon whatsoever, this is probably your game. Uh, there are a lot of abilities that completely change the game. They like I've never, you know, we've been playing Pokemon since you know Red and Blue, and you know these new abilities that they're unveiling now. These these are some kick ass abilities. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on on these Pokemon and, and figuring out like how best to implement these these you know abilities all right moving on the next pokemon we have is cutie fly another fairy type well secondary fairy typing it's a bug fairy kind of looks like a bird to me but it is what it is so it has the abilities honey gather and shield dust it's a, uh, it's a description is cutie fly can detect the aura of living things including people pokemon and plants they search out flowers by the color and brightness of their auras, then gather their nectar and pollen. When living creatures are excited, it seems that their auras resemble those of flowers in full bloom. As a result, these Pokemon tend to gather near people or Pokemon feeling particularly happy or sad. Cutie fly mostly live in fields and meadows on the outskirts of cities, but they sometimes appear in towns and even inside buildings, drawn in by the emotions of the living beings in, of the community. Uh, of the bunch that they showed, of the nine Pokemon that were revealed, this is my least favorite. Um, I wonder if it's going to be viable, seeing it's how it does have the secondary typing of fairy, you know, and you know now that fairy is like the be-all, end-all of new Pokemon, you know, you really hope that these new fairy types that they're adding are, you know, comp- vi- competitively, competitively viable. <laughs> but that being said, this design, it actually kind of... What I like about the design of the cutie fly is that it it kind of harkens back to like the Gen One era of you know the way they designed simple simpler designs than 
we've gotten in previous iterations of Pokemon. So that being said, this one just, I mean, it, it looks like a gnat. I mean, and I don't think anybody really likes gnats. Well, it is a cute gnat, but you're right. I don't know how. Um, it depends what it's going to evolve into, if it's going to actually be worth having in your team. But we shall see. I know a pregnant gnat when I see one. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next Pokemon, which is Drompa. Go ahead and let, hit us up with that description, brother. So all you need to know about Drampa is that it is the dog from NeverEnding Story. <laughs> um, Nintendo must have got the license to use that dog. Um, no, seriously. Drampa are dragons that live alone in the mountains 10,000 feet above sea level. Since they can't obtain berries they feed on at that range, they descend to the base of the mountains at dawn every day. Drampa love communicating with people and Pokemon. Drampa are especially gentle with children and often appear at schools and parks where children gather. Further proof that this is the dog from NeverEnding Story. <laughs> While Drampa is usually a very gentle Pokemon, it can fly into a rage if a child it cares for is hurt in some way. The dragon breath move that it fires off at such times is powerful enough to blow down buildings. Drampa can have the Berserk ability, an ability that no other Pokemon has ever had. With the Berserk ability, this Pokemon special attack will go up by one when its HP drops below half. That's that's a game changer right there. That That's a game changer because you can tell that this is going to be a Pokemon that already has a high special attack. And this Pokemon does look like it could be pretty powerful. It's a normal dragon type, and I am really interested in using Drampa. I, the, from the moment I saw his uh, character design, I was like, man, I'm, I want to catch that. Yeah, you're 100% right, though. It does look a lot like the dog from The NeverEnding Story. And I should really overlace this segment with the song the never ending story da, 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 it also has a secondary ability a sap sipper but you know they didn't provide any information on that that kind of blows like it's almost like i want to know more about the special abilities that these new pokemon have versus the actual abilities they have so i'm you know i'm wondering if sap sipper is actually a new ability or if it's you know an older ability that i should look up Oh, and uh, we should have looked at that for Bruxish because Bruxish has two abilities, Dazzling and Strongjaw. So that answers that question. That's true. All right. Oh, yeah. And Cutie Fly also has a secondary ability as well uh, Honey Gather and Shield Dust. So seeing a lot of, you know, we're getting a lot of this information. We're just well, overlooking it. <laughs> there's, there's also a lot of new types that are, are coming out. Previously, there weren't any normal dragon types in the game, which you would think that there would have been, but they haven't used that combination of types together yet until Drampa. And with all the new fairy types coming out, there's probably going to be some new combinations of uh, fairy types that we didn't have before previously as well. This is important because it just makes the new feature of telling you what is going to be super effective or not effective for your Pokemon, all that more much more helpful because everybody knows all the main types 
in Pokemon, there are 18 um, main types. But when you start combining them, it gets a little tricky. And there are over 130 combined types. There, there are over 130 combinations as of X and Y. And so that's just going to add to them. And if you can remember, like, all of the combinations and what's going to be, you know, times four effective or, you know, only one-fourth effective or times two effect, super effective, then you have a better memory than I do. But I cannot remember all of the freaking crazy combinations in this game. So, and they're they're just adding to them with Sun and Moon. So I will be glad that that um, ability for first-time players is coming in this game. Yeah. Or the feature, I, I should say, because I'm going to be using it, and I am not a first-time player by any means. Yeah, you know, you know, I, you know, just to put this out there, I was listening to another, you know, strictly Pokemon-themed podcast, and, you know, they were saying a lot of things that I just didn't agree with, especially about, you know, that, about them showing the whether or not an attack was effective, super effective, or weak against, you know, an opposing Pokemon. Uh, you know, Mario Party just broke it down. <clears throat> he basically just broke it down. He told, you know, there are over 130 type combinations and 18 different types. Man, I don't have the time to memorize all of those typings, all those typing combinations. And, you know, I, I'm also not a first-time player. I've been playing since day one. But you know what? I'm also an adult with a job and a family and a life. And I'm not strictly devoting my life to learning the meta. Not that it's a problem if anybody does. I mean, there's some, you know, there are a lot of good people out there who, you know, who really dive into the meta and compete in Pokemon, you know, at a professional level. It's just that, you know, that's great for them that they have the, <clears throat> that they have the wherewithal and the time and, you know, no other constraints that they can go ahead and memorize all those things. I'm not that guy. Uh, so I kind of took offense to what, you know, they said on the other show, but you know, to each is all to each is own. but I'm also glad that this feature has been implemented. Let's go ahead and just move on to the next Pokemon. Uh, this is my favorite in the bunch, man. This is my favorite in the bunch. Togedemaru. Uh, uh, it's a roly poly Pokemon. It's typing is electric steel. This is definitely the Pikachu of this generation. Every generation, they add, like, some kind of, like, electric mouse-style Pokemon. Uh, this one, I, I really like. So, Togetomaro, it has the abilities of Iron Barbs and Lightning Rod. Uh, Togetomaro is the, ro the roly-poly Pokemon that gathers electricity and stores it. The long needles that grow from the back of its head works as a lightning rod to attract electricity. With this reservoir of electrical energy, Togetomaru is able to release powerful electric type attacks. Covering its body is a pattern of fur with strands like needles. That means Togetomaru can roll itself up and presto, it's a ball of prickles. Some skilled trainers have developed the strategy of getting other Pokemon to unleash electric type attacks on Togetomaru, which absorbs their power to use in a response attack. On days when lightning strikes, you can sometimes see Togetomaru gather and bristle up their needles, waiting to be struck by lightning. So this Pokemon is kind of like a hedgehog. It is, and I just hope that it evolves into something, because in previous games they've released cute squirrel mouse types, 
like uh, Pachirisu, for example. And I loved Pachirisu, but Pachirisu doesn't evolve, so it's hard to use him the the deeper you go into the game because you will find Pokemon that are electric type that are just a little bit better because he never evolves. And so I really hope that Togedemaru evolves in, into something that's a little more powerful because I like the way he looks. I'm with you. I always like the new cute, you know, mousy squirrel Pokemon that they introduce every generation. And I hope that this one gets to evolve into something else. Yeah, I agree, man. Cause it's like, man. I, and I was bummed cause I love the, uh, I love Plusle and Minum, Minum from, uh, what was it? Uh, damn, what, what game were Plusle? I think it was Golden, no, Ruby and, Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. I love them, but they do not evolve, and they're kind of only viable in, like, double battles so that you can have them side by side. Um, but, you know, it, it bummed me out that they didn't evolve. Uh, the same for Pachirisu. Again, Pachirisu is one of those Pokemon that I thought was great, doesn't evolve, same applies to Dedenne and X and Y. Yes, Dedenne. Uh, that's another one that I really enjoyed using in when I first caught that Pokemon. But then, as I got further into the game, I realized that you know he just wasn't strong enough to continue using. Man, I have been running a Jolteon since Heart Gold and Soul Silver because if I feel like that's the only Electric type Pokemon that I have that can be any type of useful um and to be fair jolteon is not that great of a pokemon and it's not even one of the better evolutions but i still run it just because it has the ability to use like double kick on top of electric attacks all right let's go ahead and just move on to the next pokemon uh believe it's charger bug go ahead and hit us up with that brother all right so Chargebug's ability is battery, an ability also not seen before in the game. The battery ability just allows it to raise the power of allies' special moves, which definitely, if you use that you know, strategically, you can kind of set up the rest of your Pokemon for success. As far as the description, Chargebug stays perfectly still in preparation for evolution and often spends time with its body half buried in the earth charger bug is able to store up electricity it can store enough power to run a household for a whole day the power it stores can be provided to other pokemon so it can serve as a battery thus it's special move or ability excuse me battery um, what's interesting about this pokemon is that they also showed its evolution which they didn't show the, the evolutions for any of the other Pokemon that they introduced. But uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce Vicavolt? Yeah, man, Vicavolt. It is the Stag Beetle Pokemon, uh, also Bug Electric. Vicavolt is like a fortress that zooms through the forest, firing a beam of electricity from its mouth. Its huge jaws controls electricity. It blasts out. Vicavolt is adept at acrobatic flight maneuvers like tailspins and sharp turns. It can fly at high speeds even as it weaves through complicated tangle of br branches in the forest. This, this is a cool Pokemon. I mean, this is a cool evolution, evolutionary tree because, dude, it's Caterpie. It's like the Caterpie evolution. Uh, you know, the, the secondary form Charger Bug is like Metapod, and the uh, Vicavolt is clearly like Butterfree. 
So, and it has the ability levitate, which means you're not going to be able to hit it with ground attacks, which is good because it's an electric Pokemon. So that already eliminates one of its weaknesses. Oh, yeah. I didn't even skipped over the special ability, so that is badass. So this one has the ability to be viable, man, especially if people are running, like, Earthquake. That's true. And, you know, I love um, bug Pokemon. It's just they don't always make a lot of good bug Pokemon either. So I'm hoping that this game not only introduces a whole lot of more viable fairy Pokemon, but bug Pokemon at the same time, which... It looks like they are introducing a lot of really unique and powerful-looking bug Pokemon from what we've been seeing lately. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, guys, there's a little bit more to the description. Let me go ahead and read this as well. Vicapult claps Charger Bug with its legs and uses it as an extra battery. Even if a battle drags on, it can use the electric power from Charger Bug to continue firing off powerful moves. When Vicapult is engaged in a fierce aerial flight, it releases Charger Bug to make itself lighter and increase its mobility. Yo, double battles with these two Pokemon? That could be awesome. <laughs> it could be a good team. That would be weird to have a, a team of a Pokemon and its evolved form that have synergy together. I don't think that's ever happened before. No. Still, these are cool, man. And I kind of like the fact that it's it's clearly the Caterpie Metapod, you know, Butterfree thing going on here. You know, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a bug Pokemon go through like that kind of evolutionary tree. So I'm glad to get that back. It's, you know, as a, as a, you know, guy who's been here from gen one, that's kind of one of those things that kind of makes me happy to see that. Cause I mean, who doesn't remember catching their first Caterpie and, uh, you know, evolving it all the way up to Butterfree. Oh, guys. All right, so now we're moving on to the Pokemon that were hidden on the website. So the first one is Komala. Do you have the description for Komala? Yes, sir. No one has ever seen a Komala awake. It eats, travels, and even battles while sound asleep. Its saliva can be used as medicine for the sick or sleepless. According to ancient people, they say if you take a small amount of, of the saliva remaining after it eats leaves... Water the saliva down and drink it. You'll be able to sleep well. Komala clings to a log pillow that its parents have given to it. Once it has grasped this log, it almost never releases it. If it does lose hold of the log, the Pokemon will be unable to sleep well and will thrash about wildly. Apparently, it will sometimes cling to the arm of a trainer it trusts. Komala has the comatose ability, which is an, also another new ability. And the ability keeps it perpetually in a drowsing state, but what matters in battle is that it prevents it from getting any other status conditions. Oh my god. And that's pretty awesome if, you, if Kamala can't be affected with status conditions. Uh, the final little piece of the description says, The ever-sleeping Kamala's expression sometimes changes as if it has awareness of its surroundings and the talking of people nearby but it appears that these changes in expression are actually just a result of the dreams it's experiencing. So the comatose ability to me seems pretty cool, but Kamala doesn't look like it's going to be a very strong Pokemon. It's a normal type. I'm not sure if it evolves. Uh, I would hope that it, it evolves into something else that can continue to keep that 
comatose ability, but you know we all know that normal Pokemon are are weak to fighting, and uh, Komala itself doesn't look like it's going to be that powerful. But the ability is interesting. Yo, I just want to point out that there has been a trend in Pokemon Sun and Moon. The cuter the Pokemon is, the grosser its description is. Like, <laughs> this one's kind of nasty. I'm not drinking koala bear saliva. No. that's Like, the cuter the Pokemon is, the grosser their abilities are. And that, that applies to our next Pokemon, which is Rockruff, the puppy Pokemon. Has the ability Keen Eye and Vital Spirit. Rockruff has an excellent sense of smell, and once it has smelled an odor, it doesn't forget it. There are tales of these Pokemon getting separated from their trainers, then using the faintest traces of their scent to track them down for days until they are reuni- reunited. This is literally the dog from Homeward Bound. <laughs> Rockruff is a sociable Pokemon as it grows, but its disp- disposition gets wilder. If it begins to howl when the sun goes down, that is proof that it's very close to evolving. It's said that it leaves its trainer's side to evolve and returns again when fully evolved. Rockruff stands bravely in battle, even when it's taking damage. Although an opponent may be stronger than Rockruff, the puppy Pokemon is so persistent that it keeps going until it outlasts its foe to get the win. Bite is a good move for Rockruff. It deals damage by biting an opponent with its sharp teeth. This may make the target flinch. Rockruff greet others by rubbing rocks around their necks against the other. This grating greeting is an expression of fondness, but a trainer may find that love hurts. Again, the cuter the Pokemon, the less likely you are to want to be around it. This applies to Litten, which has like the oily fur. This applies to Komala, that wants you to drink its spit. And Rockruff will literally love you till you bleed. Yeah, I don't think Rockruff is going to get along very well with Litten. <laughs> Again, but I like the fact that this description did indicate that this Pokemon does evolve. I would, I really can't wait to see what it evolves into. Oh, and I didn't mention that it is a rock-type Pokemon, although you guys probably could have gotten that from the description. It's definitely cute. I, I, I really like the way this Pokemon looks. But uh, we'll go ahead and we'll see what goes on there. But guys, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break and we will return with Zygarde. So we'll be right back. There are a lot of forms to this Pokemon. Uh, it's literally, if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, this is literally the cell of the Pokemon world. So let's go ahead and start with its first form, uh, the Zygarde cores and the Z- and cells. Each Zygarde forms are made up by gathering together its cell-like components called cores and cells. Neither cores nor cells have the power to battle on their own as individuals. Only when gathered together can they take action as Zygarde. To go a little bit deeper into the Zygarde core, cores are cell-like components that make up Zygarde, and only a small number of them exist. Cores serve as the brains. By gathering cells, they can create Zygarde's different forms. Cores have their own wills and sometimes act on their own. 
Moving on to the cells, cells make up part of zygote other than the brain. There are many more cells than there are cores, and they exist all around the alola region. Cells do not possess wills of their own. They act in accordance with the orders of a core. That's kind of cool. They're like they are. I mean, they exist on their own, but they're yeah, like they they don't ex- work independently. They they have to form like Voltron to get their act together. Um, we've known about Zygarde for about a year, and we all assumed that this Pokemon would be unveiled in a Z version to go along with X and Y. Find it strange that it's coming here in you know the new generation Pokemon Sun and Moon. But uh, moving on, we have its next form. Uh, After Party, do you have the description for Zygarde 10%? Yes, Zygarde 10% form, which I find it interesting that form is spelled with an E at the end. I don't know why Nintendo chose to do that. but Is that a British thing? It, it could be. Well, I don't even think so. I don't think it might be, but I don't think that they spell form differently than us. But... That is how it is on the Nintendo Pokemon Sun and Moon dot com. So, regardless of that, its abilities are Aura Break and Power Construct. And then the description is: When an emergency occurs, this form can take action separately from Zygarde's fifty percent form, which comprises its main body. It just it has just a single core performing the functions of its brain, so it can only maintain this form for a short period of time. During battle, it overwhelms foes with sharp fangs. When running all out, its speed exceeds 60 miles per hour. And the image is, uh, it looks like a dog, kind of like a, a Doberman Pinscher type of, of breed. I thought it was a greyhound. Um, it, it could have a greyhound type shape too. It's just because it's all black um, with a little bit of green on it. To me, it kind of looks like a Doberman, but those... It is a slender uh, breed of dog. That's what it looks like in the image. It has a move called Thousand Arrows, which is a nasty move. It's a ground-type move that can do damage to even flying types and Pokemon with the Levitate ability. After being hit by this move, flying types and Pokemon with Levitate will continue to be hit from other ground-type moves in subsequent turns. So if you have Levitate and you're up against Zygarde... uh, the ten percent form, you're you're going to be in for a rude awakening. It also has thousand waves, which is a, a move that is also exclusive to Zygarde. This move makes it impossible for an opponent to flee or be swapped out of battle. And you better hope move. the Pokemon that you have on your team doesn't have Levitate, and then it has thousand waves because you're screwed. Well, it, that is just a nice ability to have if you want to use Zygarde to catch Pokemon that flee as soon as you encounter them in the wild. That could be really useful. Yeah, man. This this Pokemon is, with each form, man, it's getting a little more badass. All right, so Zygarde, 50% form. Uh, it has the abilities Aura Break and Power Construct. Zygarde monitors the Pokemon ecosystem to ensure that it's not disrupted. Zygarde believes it has a duty to protect the ecosystem. While the power it possesses is overwhelming, this form contains only 50% of Zygarde's cells out in the world. An equal amount of power waits to be brought together. A Zygarde 10% or a Zygarde 50% with the power construct ability will be able to change forms into its complete form during battle if its HP drops below half. 
Dude, seriously? This Pokemon is fucking bad ass. This is literally Cell. This is literally Cell. It is, and it is going to change into a completely new Pokemon once you start to get close to killing it. So it is not going to let you kill it easily. So go ahead and read us that final description, man. All right. Zygarde complete form. Zygarde's completed form is specialized for battle, enabling Zygarde to fight with its full power and fulfill its duty of protecting the Pokemon ecosystem. Core Enforcer is a move that only Zygarde can learn, and it can erase the abilities of any opponents that have already used the move on the same turn that it's used. What? So I guess once it uses that... So if it uses an attack... Then is it erasing the attacks or the abilities? The ability. So like let's say you get hit with like a a status effect, it pretty much will erase that ability so you won't be affected by the status. That's how that's how I interpret that. Okay, its wings and tail each have their own core. Each core serves as a brain and can make decisions and act independently. So if Zygarde is so concerned of about protecting the ecosystem. I have a bad feeling that like humans are not a part of that ecosystem and they would be destroyed. <laughs> Dude. Also, when it's in complete form, it oh, once it hit 50% form and complete form, this Pokemon completely shifted its appearance. It went from this little cell to a dog to a snake to Cell. Like, in its complete form, it looks a lot more like Cell than its previous forms. It's got, like, the green... It's green, it's black, it's got these, like, spike things around its ears, and it has wings. If that's not Cell from Dragon Ball Z, come on now. This thing is sick, though. It is. And it's Dragon Ground throughout its evolution, so... That's also pretty... Interesting. Um, Bring on the fairy types. Yes, definitely. All right, guys. So we do have one more Pokemon to talk about. And Mario After Party is going to go ahead and hit you up with that as well. So the final Pokemon we have that um, Nintendo released information on is Magearna. Magearna is a steel fairy type, which I am loving that type. And if you could see the description... Or the uh, image of the Pokemon. It's it looks like it's a little fairy bot. Um, definitely looks pretty interesting. It kind of looks like Deonchi to me, like you know Deonchi, uh from X and Y. It looks like a robotic form of that to me. Yeah. Um, its ability is Soul Heart, which is a new ability that was not in any of the previous generations. Uh, Soul Heart has the effect of raising Magearna's special attack by one each time another Pokemon in the in the area faints. So this new ability is one that can definitely be put to good use in battles. So th- I guess that includes your, your opponent's Pokemon as well. Well, I have a feeling that this um, Pokemon will be very viable in the 
new battle royale because you'll be out there with you know there'll be three pokemon battling against each other and there's going to be a lot of death and destruction so magarna will have its special attack continue to go up if you know other pokemon start getting knocked out which sounds pretty cool the description is magarna is a mythical pokemon that was created by a scientist of uncommon genius 500 years ago. Magirna has the power to perceive the emotions, thoughts, and feelings of other Pokemon. If a Pokemon is injured, Magirna will feel the other's pain and suffering and will try as hard as it can to save that Pokemon. Magirna's real body is the spherical construction in its chest called the Soul Heart. Created by a scientist who gathered the life energy from the Pokemon. So basically, Magarna is an android. We have the androids and we have Cell. Yeah. I mean, this is a lot of Dragon Ball Z influence in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Magarna has the ability to transform itself into the appearance of a Pokeball. It does so when it sleeps and apparently also when it's sad. <laughs> sad android. And then, also, if you use the new QR scanner function in Pokemon Sun and Moon to scan the uh, QR code, you will be able to obtain Magirna. Huh. So, man, that is 10 new Pokemon that we got some badass information about. I like that all the Pokemon that we got are dual types. Um, the, with the exception of uh, Rockruff, who has just a plain old rock type. And I believe there was one Pokemon that was also just a normal type with Kamala. But the majority of the Pokemon we got, dual types, with some unique dual typing. Electric Steel, Electric Bug, Normal Dragon, Bug Fairy, you know, Water Psychic. We got some crazy typing. And I can't wait to be to, you know, grab these Pokemon you know, catch them and, you know, try to use them and see how much fun they are, man. This game, is it November yet? Seriously. I know. I keep saying, is it November yet? You know, I'm on my Wyclef, John. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. You'll tell my girl I'll be gone till November. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know that song, get on YouTube. Get on YouTube and, and, and learn yourself some real music. All right, guys. So there's one last thing we're going to talk about. Um, it's a little section that's on the website. It's kind of hidden. You really wouldn't notice it unless you're looking for it. Uh, and it's new features. Uh, they said there were going to be some new features unique to Pokemon Sun and Moon. But there was a screenshot uh, of a returning feature, and it is a Pokemon riding. So the screenshot shows a trainer, a trainer riding Stoutland from the X and Y series. Uh, and remember that we in X and Y you rode the Gogo, the yeah, the Gogo and the Rhyhorns. But the fact that it's in the new feature section leads me to believe that there's going to be something different about riding Pokemon in this game than in X and Y. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to that. I mean, I'm wondering if it's got something to, if it's going to be more like a What's it called? Uh, the you know the last games that were in the series, the remakes of Ruby and Sapphire, which you know had the the fast travel system where you flew where you flew on the Latios or the Latias. So 
looking forward to finding mo- out more about these features. I I did like riding Pokemon in the last in the last couple of games. I thought that was neat to see, you know, your avatar character just riding on the back of a Pokemon. It was just it's fun. It makes me wonder though, uh, you know, previously we we speculated that you know, this might be the first game where the trainers could ride around in cars, you know, maybe drive the cars themselves. But, you know, it looks like there's very many varied ways of travel in this game. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, and I'm also more interested in the QR code uh, scanning part of the game now because that's one of the new features they're adding. And I wasn't interested in that before. But now that I know that they're giving away Pokemon with it, especially Magarna, I am I'm all about that. Yeah, man. So, like... There's a lot of information this time around. Like this, I mean, this is the most information we've gotten about Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I mean, all they really gave us was Pokemon. I mean, and that, you know, that's a great thing. You know, I love getting new Pokemon and finding out more about Zygarde. And, you know, man, I just love the gamut of Pokemon that this one, that this, that this trailer gave us. You know, we got a dragon. We got a, we got bugs. Man, we got like the cutest uh, electric steel Pokemon. Man, I- I'm really loving the design for Togetomaro. It really kind of harkens back to Pikachu's classic design. When I mean, if you guys remember in the red and blue, Pikachu was kind of fat, and he's gotten more and more slender as you know each iteration of Pokemon has come out. But I love how like round and chubby this thing is, and it's it's got that cute little happy face. I'm really excited to try to get that one on my team. I'm hoping that it's competitively viable, or at least I hope it's viable within the game itself because, man, I'm, I'm digging its design. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's move on to our closing thoughts, man. Mario Afterport, you got anything closing thoughts? Is it November yet? I know, right? Is it November yet? No, I think it's July. Uh, blows, man. I just we need, I need it to be July. Like, I need July to be over, and I need it to be November. I need it to be November, like, tomorrow when I wake up. Guys, like I said, there are a lot of cool Pokemon. Uh, the the excitement for this game is ramping up, so I, I'm just excited. I gotta, I can't wait to have a reason to break out my 3ds on this game. I feel like lately I haven't used my 3ds all that much, but you know, this is the game that I'm, we're gonna go ahead and dust it off, you know, and be playing it like nonstop. So I'm gonna have my 3ds in one hand and my phone in the other hand. I'm going to be playing Pokemon Go, and I'm going to be playing Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh, man. All right, guys. That's going to be it for this episode of the Pokemon Corner. But before we let you go, we got to hit you up with these social media links. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Nice1983, and at MarioAfterParty. You can email us at Nice1983 at gmail.com or the zones at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash nice1983gamecollecting. Don't forget to check out the website, nice1983.wix.com slash gamecollecting. If you are a fan of the Splat Zones, you can always download new episodes on iTunes and on Google Play Music. You can stream new episodes on Stitcher Radio, and don't forget, you can always watch the video cast here on YouTube. And guys, if you love the music that we use in the show, go ahead and check out GameChops.com or go ahead and search GameChops on YouTube and you can find all the fantastic video game remixes. And there are a ton, not just Nintendo related, 
you can find Sonic music, you can find Final Fantasy music, you can find all these great video game remixes. It is awesome. So go ahead, GameChops.com, GameChops.com. That's it for this episode, guys. Right after party, you got anything left to say? Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Deuces. Bruxish emits a strong psychic power from the protuberant, protuberance, protuberance, protuberance is what I'm thinking. Oh my god! All right, hold on. Let me reread that. Bruxish emits a strong psychic power from the protuberance on its head. That is a new word. I'm gonna have to look that up. When its opponents are bathed in its power, they're stricken with terrible headaches and fall unconscious. As it emits its psychic power, it grinds its teeth loudly when nearby Pokemon hear the sound of Bruxish's... Bruxish's... Oh my god, this is like the freaking Bruxish. Bruxish's... I'm going to redo this one. Okay. Vikavolt's adept at acrobatic flight maneuvers like tailspins and sharp turns. It can fly at a high. It can fly at high speeds, even as it weaves its way through the complicated tangled tangle of branches. Hold on, I'm gonna reread that. Vikavolt is adept. At, <laughs> it's got a weird name. Vikavolt is adept at acrobatic flight maneuvers like tailspins and sharp turns. It can fly at a high speed. Hmm. Rockruff has an excellent sense of smell. Once it has smelled an odor, it doesn't forget it. There are tales of these Pokemon getting separated from their trainers, then using the faintest, 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 all right, fuck this. Neither cores nor cells have the power to battle, battle, neither cores nor cells have the power to battle, god damn it.